Hello and lovely evening. Stay safe, stay at home. Why life during a pandemic feels so surreal? Maybe uh maybe it was when you're standing in a line at grocery store, not at all not at the checkout stand, but in front of grocery store, neatly arranged 6 feet apart from your fellow shopper. Maybe it was when you visited your grandma at nursing home but had to stand outside her window talking to her on your phone. Maybe it was when you heard a New York New York City doctor talk about how her hospital got so overwhelmed with coronavirus patients. They had to bring in refrigerated semi-trailer to hold the dead. Maybe it was when you saw that in the space of a week jobless claims in the US went from 282,000 to 3.3 million. is the restaurant and bar and hospitality industry have imploded maybe it was when you realized that toilet paper doesn't grow on trees after all this is surreal you said to yourself maybe over and over you heard that your friends and family said it's surreal we in the media call it surreal all the time because it is surreal marked by the intense irrational reality of dream so says mariam webster but What does it mean in scientific term the study of surreal isn't exactly an official field in psychology it's more uh, dali's painting and kafka's writing and and a feeling but there are good psychological reason you're feeling the way you do right now the surreal part i think comes when you're thrown into a situation that you've never been in before it's extremely disorienting says child psychiatrist frederick matzner who studied the psychological shock of 9/11 If you have ever gone into a, an art museum and you walk into a room with a big abstract painting on the wall and look at it and you can't tell what it is you'll feel anxious you'll feel uneasy but eventually you'll work it out ah it's just a cell board the anxiety melts away we humans after all are built to look for patterns masner says and resolving chaos into patterns feels good Right now many of the patterns we know and love have been dis- have been obliterated. We can't go to happy hours. We can't get toilet papers when we want it. We can't plan our annual trip. My wife actually said this is just to me just a couple of days ago. It's like no future. It's like there's no future, says Matchner. What does she mean? T- what she meant was we can't plan for the future because in the age of coronavirus we don't know what we'll be doing in 6 months or even tomorrow we're stuck in the new kind of everlasting present and so everything seems completely overworldly matsner says the depending of our normal lives also obliterated the routines however mundane that keeps us level headed getting up putting on pants making breakfast and coffee commuting to work research research does so that when you take people away from the things that are familiar to them it's surprisingly easy for people to lose track of themselves their identity the things that are important to them says Susan Clayton a psychologist at the college of Worcester this is one thing that you can see happening in calls and that may sound uh, like a stretch but when people try and recruit other people into calls one of the strategies is to take them away from the what's normal when the recruits are no longer surrounded by their usual psych- physical surroundings and social interaction is easier to convince them to adopt new practice and reconsider what's important to them our routine 
is the scaffolding of life, says Adriana Hines, a clinical research psychologist at Veterans Affairs National Center for PTSD. It's how we organize information in our time, and without it, we can fe- really feel lost. With, the com- uh, with that comes tremendous stress. The lonely and isolated are now more lonely and isolated. Existing conflicts and st- stressors like substance abuse and abusive relationship can resurface or worsen. I'm also really worried about families, say Heinz. I'm worrying I'm worried about increases in alcohol use. I'm worried about domestic violence. I'm worried about child abuse because parents are under-resourced. It doesn't uh, help matter that in this aimless time we have no authoritative voices telling us what we should be doing to keep ourselves and our families safe. Most of us have not faced a situation even remotely like this, says Clayton. So we have no previous experience that we can use to interpret it. We have no guidance about how we should be responding. In a non-Kafka's queue, world Americas could really rely on their federal government to get them out of this mess, but the federal government's bungling of its coronavirus response has produced some full-time tilt surreal experiences. In one of in one press conference, President Donald Trump seemingly went out of his way to shake, it, shake the hand of the people he invited to speak, as public health experts pleaded with the public to socially distance themselves. In the same press conference, he announced a Google coronavirus testing website that didn't exist. Into this, <laughs> into this surreal vacuum of leadership have stepped governors and mayors across the U.S., delivering a patchwork resp- response to the crisis. Some cities were ordered to shelter in place others to just practice social distancing. Americans don't know what to do. Americans don't know what to do or when. If you develop a fever or cough, do you call your general practitioner or go straight to the hospital? Should you wear a mask or not? Do you need a taste? And if so, where could you find one? Should I stop ordering packages and other COVID-19? If we'd been through this kind of thing before in the absence of cohesive guidance from the top, maybe we could have calmly guided ourselves, but without clear advice for how to handle uh, an unprecedented crisis, we feel helpless. I think it's conveyed a sort, sort of dreamlike quality, says Clayton. It doesn't feel real because we have no point of reference. The vagueness is scary, says Elena Patoklo, a sociologist at the University of California, San Francisco. Precarity comes from uncertainty by having to deal with challenges that are bigger than ourselves, says Porta Cologne. Now we are facing a pandemic we cannot face on our own. While the pandemic is global, we experience it as individual. People are worried about their jobs, about their health, or of dying alone in a hospital with their families not allowed to come near them. Making matters all the stranger, we have been forced inside by an enemy we cannot see. The virus is microscopic. Menance that doesn't inter- interface with the reality we experience. If we didn't have the wonders of modern science, we wouldn't even know it exists. Part of our surreal situation, I feel, is that this coronavirus, we cannot see it, says Protocol, but it's dangerous and people are dying from it. Psychologists said that to combat our aimlessness, we need community, and luckily that's one of the few things you can easily create for yourself right now. Physical activity is critical so you run like you always run 
just do it six feet away from others. Being social is critical too, so have drink with friends over video chat, aka FaceTime and wine. Do daily yoga if your study studio offers it, like the program that Portacron tunes into it. If you manage to keep uh, some of our old habits, especially those that we like the most in any, in my case, doing my yoga classes, uh, then we are less disoriented. She says. So it's less surreal. I'm more grounded. The teacher tells us, feel your feet, feel your feet to cultivate a sense of groundness of reality. Remember to feel your feet. Everyone, feel your feet. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay inside your home and take care.